Welcome to The Living Room, a cozy place of candid conversation. We're a group of women in various ages and stages of life. Join us for thoughtful discussion with a side of humor. We chat about everything from parenting issues to life balance, what matters most, and how to make it happen in everyday life. Settle in just to listen or feel free to add your comments online at www.fromthelivingroom.com. And now, your hosts for today's show. Welcome to The Living Room. I'm your host for today, Christy, and I'm also joined by... Jody, Michelle. We are so excited to have you today. There's this hymn that I love that has this lyric that says, Those of whom we've thought unkindly oft become our warmest friends. I know that that's been true in my life. All of us have had that moment where we find out that one terrible judgment we made about another woman couldn't have been further from the truth. Realizing the full weight of what our judgment must have felt like to her can be both heartbreaking and a wonderful teaching moment for us. As women, we are all human. We make mistakes. All of us are going through something that no one else can understand. All of us need compassion and all of us could be a little bit more compassionate. Hopefully during today's show, we can discover that we don't need to walk a mile in her shoes to understand her heart. After all, we have the same one, the heart of a woman. So Michelle is going to share with us a story of a time she learned empathy for somebody else. I think this is really interesting. Um, I think that the moments that I have had the most opportunity to express empathy were when someone was walking in a path that I had walked before as well. And I know that one of the biggest parts of this is to find the ways to have empathy, even when you don't understand too. So I remember um, having an opportunity to, to sit with a woman who um, I needed to go visit. I knew as a good friend of mine, she had just lost a baby and I had never lost a baby, but I knew that that would be my biggest um, heartbreak, my biggest challenge, my biggest worry. And I did not know how to comfort her or what the right thing to say was or what to do. And I was just very, very nervous about walking into that situation and trying to comfort her in some way. And as I approached, um, I prayed and I just said, God, you've got to help me. I don't know what to say. And I don't want to say the wrong thing. And I don't want to sound unsympathetic or unkind. So if you could please help me, that would be great. And the answer that I got was just hold her hand. And I walked in the door and she was, she, I heard her say, come in. And I walked over to her and there was a chair right next to her. And I just held her hand and she just started to cry and she did all the talking. And it wasn't a matter of me. We were so worried about saying the right thing that sometimes it's just a matter of letting them talk and letting them share. But my heart opened up and grew knowing that one of the greatest ways that we can show empathy is asking God to help us. How do we help his children? How can we help them with what they need and getting out of our own brains and thinking, how can I help them, love them, serve them? But I really grew to love her that day in a bigger and, and a better way. And I really could understand that we can really show love even if we don't understand the circumstances. I love that. And um, for me, what stands out in that story is you were willing to show up. You didn't know how, you didn't know really what was going to happen, but you were willing to show up. Uh, What about you, Jody? You know, I think of a time when I went to a hospital with a woman that was in my neighborhood. I had an inkling that maybe she had a drinking problem. 
And um, I had befriended her and having a little bit of background volunteering for a drug treatment center, um, there were a few signs that I could see. And I began to ask her questions and things that would allow us to become friends outside of just worrying about her, is she drinking? And so we developed a relationship of trust. But one evening I did get a call that she had fallen out of her bed. And my first thought was, oh boy, you know, how, what role can I serve? And so I went over, we did have to take her in an ambulance and it looked worse than it was, but it was sitting in the hospital with her, similar to the situation that Michelle did, where I started to ask, you know, how do I comfort somebody who's kind of put themselves in a position and made some choices and how do I not enable? And I I began to really question a lot of um, overwhelming possibilities. And all of a sudden the social worker came in and I was rubbing this woman's hand in mine. And I kept saying, everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. And the social worker took my hand off and she said, I'm going to give you some advice and I want you to listen she said, I need you to let her feel her feelings and not try to take them away from her. She needs to mm-hmm. feel where she is. And I kind of was startled thinking, wait a minute, I'm trying to show compassion. I'm trying to help her. But as, as time went on, I understood that the reality was is that I, I was trying to almost, let's, you know, oh, let me make this all better and just love you through this and tell you everything's going to be fine. And and like Michelle said, it was just maybe not speaking, maybe just stepping back and and being able to be there and to, as you said, Christy, show up. But that was a big teaching moment for me. That was um, about eight years ago. And my compassion and my empathy have changed because as I go to help people, especially when I haven't had the same experience, I think of that moment, let her feel her feelings mm. and, and thinking just being there and allowing that, even if it is a consequence that's negative, it's okay. You're there and God is helping you. You're seeking for that guidance, but showing up and allowing it to be okay to feel what is there, even if it's hard. They're really beautiful. I want to talk for a minute about judgments that we form when, uh, we meet other people and why we form these judgments and how we can step back from those. Uh, I remember once in college, you know, growing up, I had an interesting childhood and there was this one time when I was invited to a sleepover with the popular girls and I was so excited (laughs) and I, I was the caretaker for my younger brother. And so we worked out a situation where he could be cared for by somebody else. And, and I went and got my hair done and the neighbor curled my hair into ringlets. And I went to this sleepover party and I was so excited. And, uh, the girls were just really mean the entire time we were there. And it, it became very apparent that the mother had required the daughter to invite me. And it was, you know, the sixth grade and it's a terrible time anyway, but I went to sleep that night and I woke up and they played all the pranks, the hand in the cold water and hot water, whatever. Um, I woke up in the morning with six of my ringlets sitting on my pillow next (gasps) to me. No. Yeah. They had cut these, these curls off of me and they were, they were good. I know, but, but they they were good girls. I mean, they were sweet church girls and I'm not saying that they are bad people. Um, but I looked like I was maybe different. You know, my mom was divorced and I was different than they all were. 
So fast forward to college. And Which I, means you needed more love, not less. Well, yeah. uh, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. I agree. And Jana's joined us, by the way. Yes. So welcome, Jana. Jana. Hi, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do agree, but I'm just saying you can't really hold right. sixth graders totally accountable. But that had stuck with me as a, a very painful scar of yes. my childhood. And oh. um, fast forward to college, and I went to college. I went uh, back to school in the same town where I had grown up the first part of my life. Um, so I went into this bakery I used to love and I was looking for my favorite thing. And this girl pops her head up and says, hi, how can I help you? And I looked at her and I knew exactly who she was. I knew her name and I knew her as one of these girls that had cut my hair. And I, it was years later, but I started getting sweaty and a little <laughs> yeah. panicky yeah, yeah. and she looked at me with absolutely no recognition other than the most beautiful smile. And she was just, a, I could tell she was a good, nice person. And I thought she has no idea right. what she did. Right. A- and I said, hi, do you remember me? I'm, I'm Christy Axon. And she said, oh, oh yeah. Oh, hi. And she was still super nice probably has no recollection of what she did. Mm-hmm. And it just uh-huh. taught me a lesson that day that, how many people are going around in the world with Christie scars? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I forgave her in that moment. Um, but we have the chance to influence people one way or the other in our interactions with them. And I know because we're all human that there are a lot of people walking around like that. But if she would take, it would have taken a moment to get to know me, she would have seen. So what do you think causes these snap judgments how do we prevent them? And then how do we go on? Interesting. I read the book last year, I Knew Their Hearts by Jeffrey Olson. Um, he had an experience where he thinks he fell asleep at the wheel or something, but he got in a car accident on I-15. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it terrible accident. It killed his wife and one of his sons. One of his sons survived. And he was badly, badly injured and spent months and months in the hospital. And through the course of that, had some dreams and some out-of-body experiences. And one of them, he's walking through the hospital and he can like he can feel the nurse and he can feel the doctors and he can feel the people that are also sitting in beds. And so this whole book tells all of his story, but he talks about really knowing someone's heart and really seeing them and loving them unconditionally. And ever since I read that book, I thought, sure, with a perfect angel heart, we can understand someone else's. But really, if we think about the challenge of being humans, that is our biggest challenge on earth to look at some of those snap judgments and say, listen, I might have that. And sure, there are some warning signs that we need to watch out for, to watch out for people's characters, to protect ourselves. But generally speaking, I think that one of our biggest challenges is to look past some of those initial snap judgments, to truly, truly see someone's heart. And even some of the hardest people to love are some of the ones who need it the most. And so trying to find and really know someone's heart is difficult and hard, and we can't make assumptions for people. But I do think that our first response is to love in any instant, though I will say this is one of my hardest things. Like, I know that being judgmental is one of my challenges. I know that it's easy for me to size people up because it's also easy for me to put myself in that stack rank order. And part of that comes from a lack of self-esteem that I have to work through on myself to try to figure out where I fit but also part of that is to to figure out where I fit 
And, but I have to judge other people to do that. And so I know this is a challenge of mine and something where I really have to look past that first initial thing to say, who are they really? And how can I love them? Oh, I like that. Who are they really? That's a powerful statement. Just a good question to ask. I'm going to ask myself that more as I look at it. You know, I think fear when we're different from people, whatever we consider quote unquote different to be, even as a young person, you know, you start to realize whether is it clothes that make you different or is it hair or is it, um, you, you know, your family, whatever it is. And maybe maybe one of the, the biggest things that we can do is to just get outside of what makes us different and turn and say, wait, what makes us the same? Right. Um, you know, having um, an Italian background on my mother's side made me a little, quote unquote, different. Um, at least I saw it that way because... Um, it was, it was a more of a heritage and a culture that was very real in my, in my family. And, uh, and yet I embraced that and thought that's what makes, you know, that's what makes our family cool is we are different. Mm -hmm. But there were times when I understood that, whoa, there were some negatives about, um, heritage or cultures or things that, um, that I really could have taken on and carried as, as baggage, but it's the way you look at it. And I know that's challenging. I know it's challenging to not look at people differently for how not only do they speak or look or where they live. Um, but it's so important to do that. And I think it is a self-awareness that we have to clue into the first, just like Michelle said, in all honesty, I have to be aware that I'm sizing people up. I have to be aware that I have a tendency to look at somebody being different rather than saying, wait a minute, what makes us the same? It's yeah. just an easy switch. Mm -hmm. Something that you said, Michelle, is that you have to look inside of yourself. And I agree with that wholeheartedly for my own self. I have to look inside of myself when I'm passing a judgment and ask why am I passing this judgment? And most often it's something to do with me. If I'm judging them, it's an insecurity inside of myself. Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think anytime we're comparing ourselves to somebody else, we're judging. And it's so easy for us to compare because we see, you know, differences. And yet, truly, we are the same. And if we embrace our humanity, we are the same. We're all equal we're all one and I think that um you know it's funny because I don't think of myself as judgmental and I think really most of the time I'm not no you're so good oh uh, no but listen this is so funny so I'm not one of those people that washes their car every week <laughs> I'm totally not that person and I I went to the car wash this one day and just and the car was a total filth pit when I went in and then it came out just so glistening gleaming beautiful well then I noticed all the other cars that weren't clean aha uh -huh. and I realized oh wait Five minutes ago, I wouldn't have noticed one single bit. But now that my car's all clean, now I'm thinking, oh, how dirty everyone else's mm -hmm. is. And I think how easy it is to slip into that kind of a pattern. And um, I realize that anytime we're comparing ourselves to someone else, whether we're comparing ourselves as less than mm -hmm. or more than, mm -hmm. it's not only wrong, it comes from a place of pride. Yes. And the only real humility that happens in your life and in your heart is if you're comparing yourself to God mm -hmm. and not to other people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think the difference between us and other people could be t so minuscule mm -hmm. compared to when we look upward. Yeah. Right. And I think that's where some of that comes from. And um, getting to that higher place so that you can look from a, a, a space of outwards instead of looking up is so 
critical. And I don't know the answer on how exactly to do that, but that is a, it's, that's where we need to be. We need to take that higher ground. So culturally, I think in our country, this is a problem. Uh, it, we're, we're in such a competitive mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask the question, how do we take competition out of what we do? Michelle is in speaking. I'm in theater. You know, we're all in these different places where it's competitive. Mm -hmm. So how do you take the judgment out of even being moms? It's competitive, highly competitive. How do we take the judgment out? And like you're saying, Jana, compare ourselves to what God wants of us and our potential in that way. Well, you know, it's interesting. I tell my students at the beginning of the semester that they're not competing with each other. They're only competing with themselves. And 20% of their grade is based on how much they personally improve throughout the semester. And I think we can apply that to our lives as well, that we're competing with ourselves and that it, it only matters how much better we get as compared to how we were before. It doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. I think I had to get rid of the mom competitiveness a long, long time yeah. ago because I was a working mom and the way I mothered was way different from the way other moms were doing it. But I think there are other arenas or even, you know, I ended up painting in a sh show and, oh, I won an award. Oh, wait, I didn't win an award this time. You know, those kinds of things happen all the time. But I think if you're just competing with yourself and you're focused on that, um, on progress, right? Which I think is the real principle at stake, right? Is progress. Then I think some of that other stuff can fall by the wayside. Yeah. Well, and I think that remembering that we all have some of those feelings is really important. Like I, I acknowledge and know that that is a hard thing for me to look, to look past that. But I think that when we talk about empathy and love for other people, it takes a real selfless behavior and a real selfless mindset to get out of me, 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 and into what can I do for someone else? What can I do for you? What can I do to help you? What can I do to do that? And, and so part of it is, is like Jenna said, getting past the pride for ourselves but then also saying, despite the challenges, because we all have stuff going on, despite the challenges going on in my life, mm -hmm. there is something going on in her life. What can I do to help and love in her? And some people we know, we know what their challenges are. Their challenges are, are public. But honestly, I have yet to find someone who doesn't have a heartache or heartbreak or challenge of some kind. Everybody's fighting a battle. Yeah. We hear that mm -hmm. and almost it's become so cliche, but, but it's, true. it's true. And so we have to figure out how to say, okay, besides me mm -hmm. and putting myself in the right place, how can I look beyond myself? and really see someone or help someone. And I think there's a fair amount of service and love that comes as part mm -hmm. of that too. But it's, it's a, it's a daily struggle, but yet that's where the greatest blessings come. I often say that if, if we were intended to come to earth and have an experience that was just our own, we would have been sent to desert islands with a bunch of books and said, and God would have said, okay, I'm going to come back and pick mm -hmm. you up. But True. instead we were sent to this human existence surrounded by other people we were sent as women surrounded by other women for us to have the opportunity to say, wait a minute, we're kind of all in this together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if we can figure out how to help that woman and that mm -hmm. woman and that woman, regardless of their challenges, make it one step closer, then the progress that you're talking about, Jana, is something that we do together rather than something right, that right, we do. Right, right, right. But we have, to, we have to do our own progress and we have to do our together progress. And I'd love to add the thought that I've learned that you learn from other people in such a way that you're forever changed. And I think that that's one of the miracles of being able to show empathy for somebody else, realizing that 
you may be doing something for them or helping them, but you come away better. Yeah. I'll give you a quick example. Um, there is a, a gal that our family is just basically adopting at this point. <laughs> She's, I call her my adopted daughter. And her mother has struggled with um, addiction. And as I have come to understand this woman's story, I come to love her, recognizing that she had different soil uh, to land in, you know, mm-hmm. she had a different growing up experience. Um, and, and some of it I just find fascinating and I find strength in her to think, wow, look, look at how much she has done and look at what she's, what obstacles she's had to overcome. And yes, there is one obstacle she has not been able to leave completely behind. Here's this beautiful daughter that, you know, comes from this, this woman and, here I have the privilege of having her be a part of my family. And the relationship that I've developed with her mom, at times, I have to be honest, it can be a little rough. It can be a little tricky because I've had to look at it from her eyes. You know, I'm not, I certainly am not a perfect mother. I certainly don't have a perfect life. But from her perspective, my life is easier. And I've had to sometimes be okay with the fact that she is going to judge me that way. And I've, and I have had to let go of the resistance to say, I would be mad at me too if if I looked out the window and said, oh, you know, life is going along a little better than it is for me. And I want to say, but maybe that's your choice. But it doesn't matter what the choice is. The fact is, is that God put us together in the situation where we can both love this beautiful girl and she can thrive with both of us helping. But it's so important for me not to judge her or to think less of her because of her choices. I have to support her, even when she's not ready to give up what she's needing to give up. And what have I learned from it? Amazing things. I have, she's opened up her story to me, where then again, I look at her in amazement and think, I don't know that I would have come out even as well as you have. And uh, and I find ways so to say, you know what, we can be friends and we can go to lunch and, and, and we can... We can actually have a relationship. And that has been something that taught me something about myself. And I'm grateful for that. It's a privilege to love others when they don't know that they're lovable. And it's a privilege for you to love someone who doesn't know that. Because you then realize, wow, we're capable of that kind of love. And I would want that kind of love for me too. Yeah, you are really good at that, Jody, And you're mm-hmm. really good at stepping back and looking at someone as more than what they appear and, and trying to get down to the deeper layers. I'm not perfect at it, but I'm trying. I didn't say you were perfect. I said you were good at it. You got a nice compliment. That's another show. How to take compliments. (laughs) You're so sweet. Um, But for me, I find that I have to, that doesn't come naturally for me. I have to force myself to ask questions. Mm. When I'm passing judgments, I have to say, okay, why is this happening? And then even to ask the person questions, you know, what's going on with you? What's happening? You know, tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me about your story so you can get to know them better. Uh, but really it's about That's a good idea, actually. Yeah. yeah. Loving. That's what builds that, that the relationship understanding. and the openness. Yeah. 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 But do we do it for ourselves? That was the next question I wanted to ask. Ah. We walk a mile in another person's shoes and we can empathize with their life story and we can say, oh, well, I give you a pass for this because of this. Do we do that to ourselves? Hmm. Something that just comes to mind is I put on my oldest daughter's shoes the other day. She's um, 
off on a church mission and it was just a pair of shoes that was in the closet. And I thought, oh, I'll put her shoes on. And my feet, you know how you wear someone else's shoes literally and they don't quite fit right. We're the same size, but where the bumps are and where the arch is and, um, and didn't think much about it, got home, took them off. And then I had to go outside again, put my own shoes on. And you don't even think twice about it. You know, it's your shoes. But think about that for a minute, because sometimes that means we're not as empathetic towards ourselves because we're so comfortable in our own shoes that we get harder on ourselves when we don't do something really well or that we we disappoint ourselves because we were judgmental. I hate I hate when I do things that are not kind to other people. And I've done things that are unkind. And so, you know, I want to beat myself up a little bit. But I think wearing our own shoes sometimes and getting to know what that feels like and to recognize there's some little rocks in those shoes sometimes. There's some bumps. And and it's just not about being aware about other people's shoes. But it is. It's understanding that, you know, we've had some hard shoes to walk into, to be kinder, to be gentler. And maybe that makes us kinder, kinder and gentler to other people. I think it does. I really don't think that we can love people above the capacity that we are willing to love ourselves and love God. And, you know, it's it's really hard to love another person when you can't love yourself. Um, yeah. I think that if we looked at the situations of our lives and whatever we're judging ourselves about, if we really put the facts down on paper, for instance, I have a recent weight gain. And I'm beating myself up about it constantly over and over and over. And then I, I look at the facts and I go, if anyone else in your life had gained 30 pounds, would you even care? No. 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 Would you judge them? No. 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 If you looked at it and you went, they have a hormone deficiency. They had a hysterectomy. Mm-hmm. And they are this. They are that. You would go, oh, you sweet thing. Right. right? A little right. bit of stress. Right. Just but we don't happen. do that to yeah. ourselves. Yeah. What about you, Michelle? Are you good at loving yourself? Well, I think that it goes in in good days and bad. But Mm -hmm. one of the things that I have found that I learned a different way, but I read a book by Darren Hardy about the compound effect. In it, he talks about how he needed to love his wife more. And so he started to keep a gratitude journal just about her and the things that she did. And he said, it was amazing how if I went looking for the good, I loved her more. And the same can be said for ourselves. If we go looking for the good... We can love them more. We can do that for everybody. I can look around the room and say, oh my gosh, that woman is so hard for me to love. And she is a prickly pear. And I do not understand how I'm trying really hard. But we continue to have conflicts. But if I can sit there and name all of her good things, and I can do that for myself too, then I can get closer to loving her and loving myself at the same time. Why do you think that it is easier to look at somebody else and say the good things about them and not to look at yourself. Like for me, I could look at somebody else and say, Oh, I love this, 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 and this about them. But could we do that for ourselves? Why is it so hard? I don't know. I don't know why. Uh, maybe it's cause we're in our shoes. Like Jody said, I, I have no idea. I walked two miles this morning and I have bleeding blisters on the back of my <laughs> brand new shoes that I'm breaking in. Oh, I don't no. know what that means. <laughs> I, uh, no, I don't know. There's a, there's a blog post that I think really speaks to this. It's called, um, drops of awesome is the name of the book. Yes. Right. And you know, it's a, it's a depressed stay at home mom that is really struggling with this idea to love herself. And then she rewards herself by saying, 
every little thing that they did that was good is awesome. awesome. And I think there is kind of, I don't know why we have to remind ourselves to do that, but we do. We, we do have to allow ourselves. Um, and maybe we're afraid to be prideful. I don't know. You know, I, you know, there's that flip side, right? right? But but I do think it's important to give ourselves a pat on the back, back once in a while. And I think it's it's more than okay. A friend sent me a YouTube video yesterday, and I'll post it on our Facebook page because it's adorable. The little girl has got to be maybe three at the most, and she's standing on the bathroom vanity. And so you were looking at her, look at herself in the mirror. And um, she's a little bit blonde and kind of curly, and she's in her pajamas you know, shorts and the top, but she is doing the awesome dance. And she is like, I love my house. I love oh, my family. Yes. I love everything. Yes. I love me. And, and so it was, it just, it, it just made me smile. And I watched it three times. And the, the message that my friend had sent is, don't you think we should be doing this every day for ourselves? And I'm sure that anyone who sent it said that same exact thing, but you know, I think as children, that's what we're programmed to do. We are programmed to wake up and to say, I'm awesome. And it's life that gives you a little bit of a hit here and there that you mm -hmm. learn, oh, you know, mm -hmm. okay, that hurt. And so what we have to be careful of doing is not taking those hurts, compounding them, keeping them in a bottle, and then defining ourselves by those hurts, you know. But I, I'm going to wake up every day just like that little girl from here on out after I saw that and say, I'm going to do the awesome dance, you know. Yeah. My house is clean. Not really, but that's okay. <laughs> or whatever I need to tell myself. But I think sometimes we have to celebrate ourselves and then that opens us up to celebrating others. Uh, for me, it's the opposite. I, I, I'm in awe of other people. I'm in awe of their gifts. I'm in awe of their goodness. And, and then it, sometimes it takes somebody else to see something in me that I missed. And that feels so good. Yeah. It? And sometimes it, it's the shoe thing, right? Mm -hmm. My shoes are so comfortable. I don't even know that I do this or that or the other. And then somebody will say, oh, you are or you have. And then you realize, oh, okay, I am making a difference in somebody's life. Or, you know. You just brought up yeah. something, though. We need to tell each other that. When mm -hmm. we go back I do to think judging, that's very important. maybe we're too quick to judge, but we need to be quicker to compliment. We need to be quicker to give those positive affirmations to each other. Because if that's what it does for you, Jana, that's mm -hmm. what it does for all of mm -hmm. us. And we need for to celebrate sure. each other. And I think the other thing is, like Michelle was hinting at earlier, that everybody has a hole in their heart, right? Everybody has, whether it's a huge heartache, which everybody has some backstory like that, but also everybody has a little bit of insecurity. Mm -hmm. And we forget that. You know, even the people that we think are truly awesome, the people that we think have perfect lives, they too have a little bit of insecurity. They too sure. have struggles. And so it is, I think, really important to lift people yeah. and build them. We're Beautiful. all the same. Yeah, I love this discussion, everybody. Judging a person does not define who they are. It defines who you are. And I that is our that quote, quote for the day. It's unknown. We appreciate you being here with us today. Thanks for walking a mile in our shoes. We hope we can walk a mile in your shoes. And don't get blisters. Do not get <laughs> blisters. <laughs> Join us on our Facebook or on our website, www.fromthelivingroom.com. And won't you please give yourself your family, and other people some living room.
I know that as moms, or at least I do, sometimes think, what can I do that's new and fun? And so I love co-host Heather Johnson's book, Family Fun Fridays, that helps give you ideas, but also makes a ritual out of it of doing something fun with your family every single week. Heather, tell us a little bit more about this great book. Well, isn't that the most difficult part, thinking of what we're going to do? So Family Fun Fridays is nearly 90 pages of activities you can do with your family, with your children. The greatest part about it is, all, everything is starting with stuff you have at home, very low cost. You don't have to go anywhere, do anything. And these are really unique, fun games and activities opposed to the ones we've seen for so many years all the time. So check it out. You can get it at fromthelivingroom.com or familyvolley.com, either place. Awesome. Thanks so much, Heather. Thanks for coming to The Living Room. We hope you've enjoyed listening, laughing, and learning something new. Join us for our next show. And in the meantime, give yourself and those you love some living room.